This is an Alert USA Threat Journal, Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, February 15th, 2020. This week in security news, on 11 occasions this week, Alert USA subscribers were notified via SMS messages to their mobile devices regarding safety and security matters. Eight of these alerts dealt with the increasingly dangerous situation with the 2019 novel coronavirus, now formally referred to as COVID-2019. Most important for this report, beginning on Wednesday, the State Department authorized the voluntary departure of non-emergency U.S. government employees and their families from the U.S. consulate in Hong Kong out of an abundance of caution due to the COVID-2019 virus. Listeners will recall that two weeks ago, non-emergency U.S. government employees and their families at the U.S. Embassy in Beijing, as well as U.S. consulates in Wuhan, Chengdu, Guangzhou, Shanghai, and Shenyang, were also authorized to depart the country. Also on Wednesday, Alert USA subscribers were some of the first in the U.S. to learn that U.S. Northern Command was implementing the Department of Defense Global Campaign Plan for Pandemic Influenza and Infectious Diseases for Force Protection and Community-Based Assistance. Within this directive, military commands in each of the armed services are reviewing their disease containment plans and taking, quote, preparatory and precautionary actions to protect service members, installations, and ships. These efforts are to include ensuring the plans contain procedures for response, isolation, quarantine, restriction of movement, and community-based intervention, as well as developing measures to contain and treat those possibly exposed. So far, the Department of Defense has helped Health and Human Services quarantine more than 600 individuals at military facilities across the country, with a total of 11 military facilities located near major airports that are on standby for additional support if needed. This week, General Terrence O'Shaughnessy, Commander of both NORTHCOM and NORAD told the Senate Armed Services Committee that they are planning for the possible worst-case scenario to ensure they are not caught by surprise. On Friday, Alert USA subscribers were also notified that public health laboratories in five U.S. cities have begun testing people with flu-like symptoms to see if they might instead have the new coronavirus. Health and Human Services and the CDC believe cases of COVID-19 may be seeping into the country despite travel restrictions and screening at airports. The coronavirus test will only be given to patients who test negative for the flu. The initial five cities selected for this testing are Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, and Seattle, though more cities will be added. In a Friday afternoon CDC telebriefing on the coronavirus, Dr. Nancy Messonnier, the director of the National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases, addressed the topics of testing for and the transmissibility of the virus. Here is Dr. Messonnier. I understand that one of the biggest questions that has come up involves questions about testing and when people should be tested. I want to say right now, CDC's recommendations and the policies we are following across the board is to test people with the history of exposure who are showing symptoms. This is because we know that testing people too early can potentially miss infections. People can still later become sick. Let me explain. The outer bounds of the incubation period we're using for this novel coronavirus is 14 days. That means that we expect someone who is infected to have symptoms sometimes during those 14 days. Now, if someone is exposed to a virus, they might not show symptoms right away, and testing on day one or two or three might produce a negative result. However, it could mean the virus hasn't established itself sufficiently in their system to be detected by our test. It is not a question of the accuracy of the test. The test we're using at CDC is very sensitive, It's a question of when the virus becomes detectable in that person. 
So if a person tests negative once, it's not clear that it's a true negative. The test doesn't inform public health actions or clinical care. In fact, a negative test result could provide a false sense of security. With the incubation period being up to 14 days, one test at a given point in time only tells you if someone is infected at that one moment. CDC did test all of the initial 195 people who returned from Wuhan on January 29th. But since that time, we've learned more about how the virus behaves in people and when is the optimal time to test them to best inform our public health response. CDC may do testing of all people again if the risk warrants it. But right now, CDC staff at each base are checking temperatures twice daily and monitoring people for any new symptoms. If someone has symptoms compatible with this new virus, they are medically evaluated and they are tested. Another question I want to address is how this virus spreads. Based on what we know now, we believe this virus spreads mainly from person to person among close contacts, which is defined as about six feet through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. People are thought to be the most contagious when they are most symptomatic, that is when they are the sickest. Some spread may happen by touching contaminated surfaces and then touching the eyes, nose, and mouth. But remember, we believe that this virus does not last long on surfaces. Some spread may happen before people show symptoms. There have been a few reports of this with the new coronavirus, and it is compatible with what we know about other respiratory viruses, including seasonal flu. But right now, we do not believe these last two forms of transmission are the main driver of spread. As of the time of this report's preparation on Friday, February 14th, China continues to rebuff offers by the Centers for Disease Control to send teams of specialists to help both in their response as well as to learn more about the nature of the virus. While a handful of World Health Organization officials have been granted entry, the U.S. is not part of that mission. Alert USA urges listeners to take a moment and review the extraordinary series of events that have transpired over the past two weeks in order to gauge the seriousness of this emerging public health threat. For instance, the U.S. State Department issuing a Level 4 travel advisory recommending U.S. citizens avoid all travel to China. The U.S. State Department pulling all non-emergency diplomatic employees from the embassy in Beijing, as well as all consulates in the country. The World Health Organization declaring a public health emergency of international concern because of the virus. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services declaring a public health emergency and ordering mandatory government-run quarantine for up to 14 days for U.S. citizens returning from the Hubei province of China in the 14 days preceding their arrival, as well as self-monitored quarantine for up to 14 days for those who have been anywhere else in China. Then there is President Trump's directive banning entry into the U.S. to any foreign national who has traveled in China in the 14 days leading up to their attempted entry. Then there is a designation of 11 military installations as possible quarantine sites, as well as a Department of Defense implementing their global pandemic preparedness response plans. Given the U.S. government is taking all of these actions, Alert USA strongly encourages listeners to use this as your cue to brush off and tighten up your personal and family preparedness plans. You can find much more in this story in the latest issue of the Threat Journal newsletter. If you're not already a subscriber, visit ThreatJournal.com and sign up today. The publication is free and will remain that way. Alert USA continues to monitor the overall domestic and international threat environment, as well as remains in regular contact with federal and state partners regarding the rapidly evolving situation with the coronavirus and will immediately notify service subscribers 
via SMS messages and email of new alerts, warnings, and advisories, or any other factors which signal a change in the overall threat picture for American citizens as events warrant. Alert USA cautions listeners that, in addition to the rapidly evolving situation with the coronavirus, the U.S. still faces significant threats from Iran and its proxies in retaliation for the killing of Quds Force Commander Qassem Soleimani. In addition, numerous Islamic State media groups continue their online propaganda campaigns, threatening reprisal attacks for the killing of their leader, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, as well as their efforts to inspire individuals to take action on their own. Adding to this list are new threats emerging from a variety of sources across the world of radical Islam in response to the new proposed Middle East peace plan. As Alert USA subscribers are regularly reminded, transnational terrorist organizations including the Islamic State and Al-Qaeda continue to urge recruits and followers to adopt easy-to-use tools to target public places and events. Specific tactics have included the use of vehicle ramming, small arms, edged weapons, homemade explosives, and poisons or toxins. Some terrorist groups overseas are using battlefield experiences to pursue new technologies and tactics such as unmanned aerial systems and chemical agents that could be used outside of conflict zones. Many of these technologies are readily available. Additionally, terrorists continue to target commercial aviation and air cargo, including with concealed explosives. Caution and vigilance are urged. In travel security news, listeners are also reminded that a U.S. government-issued worldwide caution for American citizens is in effect, warning of the continuing threat of terrorism, political violence, and criminal activity globally. Additionally, while current travel restrictions and quarantine measures are in place for all foreign nationals as well as legal U.S. citizens with a recent travel history to China, logic would dictate that these measures would be expanded to include other nations and regions as the virus continues to spread. As a result, if you are planning travel abroad, regardless of the destination, Alert USA strongly recommends checking out the U.S. State Department's travel website as well as that of the CDC for safety, security, and health considerations about your destination. In addition to U.S. government travel guidance, Alert USA also recommends taking a few minutes to visit the equivalent websites of the Canadian, Australian, and British governments to see the travel guidance that those nations are providing to their citizens as threats, assessments, and travel restrictions can and do vary. This has been an Alert USA Threat Journal Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, February 15th, 2020.